This is the Secrets We Share podcast, a show about the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and the left and rights of mental health care in Australia. Here's your host, Francis Carlton. Welcome to Secrets We Share, brought to you by Secret Keeper Counselling, where we talk all things mental health with clients and clinicians. As usual, there may be triggers, there may be tears, some laughter, maybe a little bit of learning, and maybe some profanity. So you've been warned, make yourself a cup of tea, sit back and relax as I talk to Carmel. She is a gestalt therapist, art therapist and counsellor based in Sydney, and she has welcomed me into her home today to share some secrets with me. Welcome, Carmel. Hi, Francis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for letting me into your wonderful home. This is a very zen space. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad you feel feel that. Yeah, I do. It's, yeah. a, it's a lovely space and I can sort of smell smell the incense and, the, mm. yeah, it's really wonderful. Mm. Thank you. So just tell me a little bit about how you got started as a gestalt therapist. Mm. I remember the moment where... I was thinking about studying counselling and I was in in my day job in in the corporate world working in the travel industry Mm. and I picked up the phone and it was around about five o'clock on a Friday and I thought, I just need to speak to someone. So I rang the the, the place where I was about to study, had these questions and then the moment I connected with the person on the phone, she was absolutely wonderful, didn't answer mm. any of my questions. I went, you know what, I'm going to do this. Yep. I want to do this. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and from then, yeah, that was at the age of 30. So it's like, yeah, 20 years on and, yeah, I've started, you know, been in the, in the therapy world. What were so. you doing before you, were, before you started studying? As a tra- I was, in the travel um, industry. Yeah, in the, I was doing secretarial administration work and, yeah, there was just something that wasn't fulfilling about that. But I noticed when I was temping that the the managers or the people that I worked for, you know, they, they trusted me and told me things. Mm. And I thought, yeah, I really like this. Mm. You know, this is, this is what I, I want to do. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I studied counselling and... Then I um, studied art therapy and then I met someone in the art therapy course that was a gestalt therapist. Right. Yeah, and that's what intrigued me. I thought, yeah, what, what is this? What's, yeah. what's this about? Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about what gestalt therapy is? Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, gestalt therapy was um, the, the developers were Fritz Pearls and Laura mm. Pearls. Mm. And it was in the, the 40s and the 50s. Um, so it, it was about the type of therapy where it supports immediacy, the here and now. Yes. Um, the client-therapist relationship, it's very much relationally focused. So there isn't the digging of looking to the past because the past comes into the room in the present moment. Mm. You know, so something like, you know, as you're telling me this story, what is happening inside or internally mm. in this moment here with me? Yes. And normally, you know, or most likely there is a, a bodily reaction or some type of emotion. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you need to use somebody as a guinea pig, I'm always happy <laughs> to be a guinea pig. 
<laughs> Thanks, Francis. <laughs> I had some Psych K done a few weeks ago, which was quite Psych wonderful. Psych K? Yes. Ooh, which was, what's that? Well, you have to listen to the podcast. Okay, all right, I will. <laughs> <laughs> listen to Sarah. She's in, she's in season one. Okay. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, so it's a very in-the-moment, you know, some people would think that they, or they may have heard that Gestalt is quite confrontational. Is that the case? Well, it's confrontational in that for some people, being in the present moment is hard to do. Mm. Um, so bringing attention to, you know, as you're telling me this 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 big story, you're you're smiling. Mm. Um, you know, so that's bringing awareness to what's happening in the moments and in 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 that moment. Mm. And they may not be conscious of what's happening. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, in, in Gestalt, the, the term experiments is um, part of the disruption of what's happening. So, you know, that, that could be confrontational. So if someone is speaking about, um, say, boundaries or... Um, they haven't got any. Yeah, I don't have any or, mm. you know, I have that experience. It might be in that moment that is emerging what's happening between the therapist and the client. And mm. it might be, you know, how would you like to try something here? So I might invite them to stand up and, you know, how would it be um, to walk towards me? And and where is where, where do you feel comfortable in um, what your external boundary is? So that would be an experiment. Okay. So like personal space? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and then if we were talking about, um, you know, that, that incident that you were talking about earlier on where somebody's telling you a traumatic story yes. and they're smiling. Yeah. Would you would you ask them, can you are you aware that you're smiling now? Yes. And and, and often um not to be intrusive, because that could go into um a self-consciousness or a shame. Mm. So it's it's about holding the the non-judgmental and and being curious. Mm. You know, this is a really big story that you're telling me, mm. and I would imagine that I would be feeling really scared or unsafe. But I notice you're smiling, mm. um, and you know, I, I've, there's been experiences where it's like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, I usually do that when I'm nervous. So then we start moving on to the next part. So tell me about the nervousness. Mm. So what's happening here with nerves? Mm. Yeah, mm. because the the Gestalt terminology is the field, so it's the environment. Mm. So the therapist and the counsellor are co-creating the space together. Okay. And how important in the how important is the relationship in the Gestalt, like the actual sort of like the, for want of a better word, the chemistry between the client and the and the clinician. It, it's actually very important. It mm. plays. Um, a very foundational and fundamental role mm. in the in the type of therapy that it is, mm. um, you know, because then it goes into attachment styles, mm. um, you know, and long-term therapy um, or long-term clients that I work with, you know, there's there's the, the healing of a secure attachment. Yes. Um, so, you know, the, the relational is... You know, I, I was listening to some of your the, the podcasts, Francis, and about self-disclosure. Yes. So 
Self-disclosure would be the dialogic in the Gestalt terminology. Okay. Yeah, and I, I noticed um, in one of the podcasts it's, you know, no, I, I wouldn't share that about myself. But in, um, in Gestalt it's very important, you know, that brings presence, confirmation, um, inclusion and open communication. Mm. And there's something validating in doing that. Mm. Um, it's, it's like, well, you know, you're, you've experienced that too. Um, and then something just kind of relaxes in the nervous system with mm. the other person. When I, when I noticed I have been, had that dialogic approach, so that self-disclosure. Yeah. yeah. I must admit I do find that self-disclosure is very important for some clients. It's more important for some than others. Okay. So that, that the... I'm not a Gestalt therapist. Yeah. I, work, I okay. tend to work in the narrative okay. uh, and sort of psychoanalytic before more than anything else. Yes. But I do find that being able to really say I've had that similar experience to you yes. really brings something out for the client to suddenly go, ah, oh, you get me. Yes, yeah. And also I've had the experience when I've self-disclose or have been um, the dialogic approach where it's actually deeply impacted the person and they've connected with a feeling. Mm. And to me, I, that's quite powerful because we're moving into processing mm. and going deeper into, you know, the, the, the felt sense, the emotion and moving away from the head stuff and the story. So moving away from the logic, which yes. is where we open the door. Yes. So you're actually moving into and yeah. through the door. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because cool. there, there can be an incongruency in that. You mm. know, someone's telling the story. And it's not to discount the story. The story is important too, but it's what's happening inside. Mm. So what do, you, what do you enjoy most about doing gestalt work? Mm. I, I absolutely love the moment of connection. And all of a sudden the room becomes really quiet or, or the sounds become amplified and it's like I've there's been a touching of something and there's such a simplicity in the truth when that happens. Mm. It's like words don't even um, do it justice. So there's, it, it's, it's that deep connection that I have with the other person. Yeah, mm. yeah. So everything else like falls away, and it's like, wow, this is real. This is true, truth, authentic, right there. Mm. Yeah, that's what I love. And then something, uh, there's an aliveness that happens um, uh, within the person when when they go there. Yeah, that that you know that their face changes. Um, I remember working with a particular uh, client and it was more in the intern days and this was a long-term client and, it, it, you know, this client was quite immobile, so really depression-like yes. symptoms. And by the end of our working together, there was this beautiful, sensitive soul that was sitting in front of me that was expressive and it was like, mm. wow, look at the aliveness of this person. Mm. I really see you. So they'd gone from being quite still yeah. and very sort of like in in inward looking to yes. being very outward looking and much more vibrant. Yes. Even yeah, wow. even 
I, I probably not a stillness, very immobile and really stuck. Um, okay. And it was hard to 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 be in relationship with with that person. You know, being the gestalt relational approach was difficult, mm. um, challenging, um, but beautiful. You know, almost like using the a, a seed as an example. You know, just this flourishing in that time, and it took that time to develop. You know, to to support mm. that safety mm. in doing that. Yeah. So as as with um, as with most methodologies, Gestalt does have its tools. Do you have a do you have a go to intervention that you might that you might favour? Mm. Do you use empty chair? Yes, I do. Mm. And I I used it the other day actually, and it was beautifully organic. And this is um, in Gestalt terms, it's the emerging field. Mm. So I'm sitting there and I'm going, wow. There's three parts that are in the room here, mm. um, and of course there was a, an empty chair, and um, I don't ask permission now. I think I'm, you know, I thought I've got to, I've got to catch this moment, yeah, yeah. And and if the person declines, if the client declines, it's okay too, and then we talk about that. So what happened in that moment? And this is where that tracking is so minute and that's what I absolutely love mm. yeah um, so yeah um, in that organic emerging there was an invitation for the client to experience a stronger self that had been pushed away right so this client was struggling with boundaries and um, you know people are walking all over me here and I'm I'm angry and I'm upset that I'm not doing what I want to do my life and mm. this is serious stuff yeah and boy that that switch was was beautiful to see and and uh, and was the client responsive to the to, yes to the totally yeah yeah totally responsive and what I'm going to do next time I see the client without having an agenda yes um was what, what I'd like to do is just upon reflection after the session is how about you sit back in that chair because this client sits in a different chair. So I'm going to invite, let's start from that place. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm. so that feels exciting. Mm. And, you know, it might be a different story next time I see the client, but it, it's going to be with me and it'll be an invitation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Would you like to sit, start in a different chair? Yeah. Let's it's, start in this chair where you yeah. experience that, that, yeah. that, that strong part. Mm. Yeah, I, have a, um, I, have a, I have a couch in my room. Um, which is sort of a two-seater couch. Ah, oh, yes. And it's funny how people always gravitate to one side or the other. <gasps> okay. When they come, I sit sort of directly opposite the couch, sort of in the middle. And you're in a chair. And I'm in a and I'm in a chair. Okay. Yes. And it's funny how people just tend to gravitate towards that, mm. either the left or the right of yeah. the. Yeah. And not in yeah. the middle. Well, it's yeah, and it, I also have another sort of like a chaise lounge at the side side as well. Okay. Nobody ever sits on that mm. ever. Okay, they always go to the blue couch. Well, hopefully, there's um, someone who'll who'll take the risk and and do that and sit in the chaise lounge. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's really quite um, it's really quite fascinating. So just moving on. So you also do art therapy as well. Mm. Um, how, how does art therapy work? So I don't always use art therapy. Um, 
I like to stay with the contact with the person and sometimes having, you know, paper or materials in, in front of the person is, you know, it's, I like to have the full contact with the person. Mm. So I don't always use it. But where there's, you know, I, I, I use it when something needs to be amplified or visual. Yes. So I might invite the, you know, in, invite the client to say, so how would it be to draw that? Um, and, you know, there's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, or no, mm. not really. Um, mm. So I remember a client I was working with, it was some, um, it was a single woman and she really wanted a relationship. And there was a moment where, you know, she was sharing how hard, hard it is to be single for her and mm. the yearning for a relationship. And um, this, a, a brick wall came into the conversation. I said, yeah, I, I said exactly that. So, so how would it be to draw that? She really got into it. There was a lot of detail and she looked at it. You know, we explored some parts of it. So I'll speak, we speak to it together. Mm. And I don't analyse it. Um, I just stay with curiosity. Okay. Um, and she looked at it and uh, after the exploration it was like, oh, my gosh, I can actually go around this. And it was like, wow, you know. So it, the, the wow. visual of her seeing that was was um, something profound for her and, so, and had meaning for her. Yeah, so it was really meaning-making for her to yeah. actually see the the brick wall in detail Yes. drawn on a piece of paper yeah, so that she was actually able to say, actually, this is just a piece of paper. I can go around this. Yeah. So there How were, wonderful. There, there were sides to the wall that she didn't see. Mm. So I think talking about it may have limited that or that wouldn't have emerged in the conversation, yeah. seeing it. Just out of curiosity, how mm. long did she spend drawing the picture, roughly? About, about 10 minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just a wall. Colours. Yeah, there were colours. There were grey colours. There were browns. And colours are significant too. Mm. I ask about that. So, you know, mm. so what are the colours? You know, because <coughs> it, it could mean something different where it's a pink wall or, mm. yeah, or red or, yeah. Mm. But the meaning is always very unique to the person who's done the drawing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. So that's why it's so important for you not to analyse it. Is that right? No, there's no analysis. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, right. each of the components are treated equally as well. Mm. And I also talk about, so what's missing in the picture? Mm. It's like, oh, yeah, you know, it, it could be something obvious that they, that the client hasn't seen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's actually a door. Yeah, there's actually a door. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a door. I can climb this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's awesome, isn't it? I love it when clients have that revelation and they kind of go, oh. Yeah. I haven't actually thought about that. Yes. I hadn't. Hadn't put that and that until just at that moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I, I treat them as sacred. You know, I, you know, don't scrunch up your picture and throw it in your bag. It's um, this is a part of your soul, and mm. you know, something that's internal that's it, expressing. It's funny because I do. Um, I'm not an. I'm not a qualified art therapist, so mm. I don't call myself an art therapist, but. I do I do allow my clients to use artistic expression. Yeah. And I I don't ever touch ah. my clients' work. Uh -huh. So even if I so I'll roll out um so like a big piece of paper and give them some textures and some crayons and things or whatever it is that they want to draw or whatever it is that we're working on. Mm. And at the end of it, 
um, if I want to pick something, if I want to pick out something and go, can you explain that to me? I'll sort of point in the vague vicinity yeah. of the bit that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So then they can then they, they can then pick which part they think I'm pointing at, mm-hmm. and it's really quite interesting because quite often they'll go to an, an area that I'm not focused on uh-huh. at all because that's where their focus is. Yes, yes. And, at the end, and then at the end of the session, um, I will allow them to take that piece of work, but I still won't touch it. Okay, yeah. Because of that that sort of yeah, feeling of it, it's, it's yeah. there, it's theirs, it's, yeah. their, it's their piece of work. It's, yes. It's something that's very important and very sort of, as you say, sacred. Yeah, it is. To them because it has so much meaning potentially. Yeah, it does, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. So, you, so you use crayons and yes, I, I, art, and you invite them to draw. Is I that, invite is them that, to draw. I invite yeah, okay. them to write. I've um, I also do doll making as oh, well. Oh, beautiful! So I did a wonderful um, ongoing professional lovely. development with doll making, and that that is actually really, really quite quite powerful. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because when I first started, sort of like equipping my room, um, I went into like a two dollar shop kind of thing oh yeah you can get so much and I was <clears throat> I was looking for I wanted crayons mm-hmm. and then I was like no I have to have Crayola crayons <laughs> okay and I couldn't find them for a long time because yeah. apparently there was something to do with in one of the colors at the time that I was looking they discovered it had some radioactive element in it oh, so they'd dear. actually withdrawn <gasps> They'd withdrawn all of the crayons from sale and they were off sale for about three or four weeks. Mm. But the reason and what I realised was when I sort of decanted this box of Crayola crayons that I had purchased into a Tupperware tub was the sense memory from Crayola crayons is very, very powerful Mm. versus the cheap, the cheap not so good ones because they don't have the same smell yeah, okay, yeah. And everybody that I've ever opened my box of crayons for mm. has just gone, oh, my God, I've just gone straight back to childhood. So it invokes something. And that's yeah. what, and I realised yeah. that's why it was so important to have yeah. the right ones. And you've got a whole Tupperware box full by the Yeah, I, of I did, I did, I, I did. I kind of went, well, I, need all, I need all of the Crayola crayons. <laughs> I'm imagining there's so many colours that you can choose from in that box. <laughs> I think the, I think the, I think the full range is like 48 colours. Oh, wow. So wow. I don't think, I think I've got them, but I don't know. I, I don't actually, I don't actually use them. But yeah. clients, I always give them a choice of textures, pencils and crayons. Okay. And they always go for the crayons. Do they, the crayons? Yeah. 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 Almost, almost exclusively, the crayons get a uh, yeah. get a workout, whereas yeah. the textures and the other things don't. Okay. And I've also got those little ones where you. Um, this is a memory from childhood. <laughs> you know where they have the the lead, and to get to the next colour, you have to pull it out at the end and push it in the bottom. Oh yes. The end. So oh I've yes. Got, those ones. Yes, I've got oh. some. Of, I've got some of those as well. <laughs> um, but they don't ever get used. Okay. But everyone always picks them up and has a bit of a chuckle and goes, God, yeah. these were a pain They're in the familiar. ass. They're familiar. They know them. <laughs> these yeah. were such a pain in the ass because the colour you always wanted was always at the end. <laughs> wow. So how do you invite your clients to to draw or to how does that come into the therapy session? A little bit like you. It's, mm. it's, it's organic. Okay. It's that yeah. sort of depending on what they've said or what they've, you know, they may have indicated that they want to do something. They may have... 
Um, they may have expressed the desire to sort of, or, or they're very gesticular. That usually indicates to me that they, and I asked them, would you like to try drawing that? Would you like to, would you like to try writing that? Okay. Would you, you know, maybe next time you, we we would like, you know, especially for doll making because it's a it's sort of like a six week process to yeah. make a doll. Okay. It's like, would you like to give this a go? Maybe we'll give it a go, you know, in next session. Mm. So I don't sort of whip out all the stuff halfway through a session for doll making because it, I have to prepare the room. Yes, you do. Yeah, <laughs> I have to make sure that yeah. there's, you know, everything's. Whereas the other stuff, you can just kind of, I just kind of. It can be there. And you know, there's a there's you've got to keep track of time. Mm. So you know, I I don't do the drawing towards the end of the session. It's important to have the time to sit with it and see what emerges. Absolutely, you Mm. need to really make sure that you do have that time. And I think that's the difference. I think that's the difference between art therapy and when you're invoking that artistic side of things mm. how do you feel about sort of people's reactions to it when you first approach it art therapy mm. something um something that pe- something that people say is well i'm not an artist and i can't draw so yeah. even a stick figure has meaning yes yeah it's um and it can be abstract as well. You know, like when we dream, we dream in symbols or um, or, or symbols are, are symbolic of, of mm. something. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's the immediately there's that, um, you know, something which is a belief about themselves, you know, and that can be a, a you know, in a gestalt way. So tell me about that. Mm. Um, what's wh- What do you believe um, that to be and, and you know, who who's saying that, mm. yeah? Mm. So challenging where that's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know, I have worked um, in groups. Um, it was Art for Connection at Randwick and it was um, an art therapy day in community, so bringing awareness to art therapy. Wow. And there was this one woman that just couldn't, she just couldn't put, crayon or to, to paper. She just couldn't do it. Um, okay. you know, we, I, you know, I took them through a guided visualisation and she just couldn't do it. There was this real dance with the this blank piece of paper. Mm. Um, you know, it was so really the, triggering. It was really, something was really going on for so her. So the pencil was getting close and then coming yeah, away she, and getting she, close yeah, and coming away. Yeah, there away. was something around I've got to get it right the first time and, you know, all these the, these things were were being invoked. Mm. Yeah. New journal anxiety, I call mm. that. Yeah, a new, <laughs> <laughs> new journal anxiety. Or oh, when you do a <laughs> spelling mistake, it's like, damn it. <laughs> first page. Oh, damn it. <laughs> do it right in pencil. <laughs> The first page, yeah. 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 I actually, um, so I give all my clients a book when they first come, like a notebook. Okay. And yeah. again, a bit like the crayons, they almost always turn to the second page. They don't write on the first oh, page. Oh, they don't. No. Oh, wow. Isn't that great? I love your creativity, Francis. Yeah. It's it's all making and giving them a journal and... Yeah, it's almost like journaling their their therapy experience. Mm, I I I really do encourage people to write things down a lot as mm. part of their therapeutic journey because yeah, we have we I mean I, I know I do it as well. So I I I I'm an active journaler. I journal yeah. every day. Okay. Um, 
for my own process, but also for, you know, I take notes and write poems and do all sorts yeah. of stuff in my journal and I draw and I paint and do all sorts of things. Yes. But I find that when people are actively getting those things out of their heads, they're not ruminating on them so yes. much. Yes. So when they have those thoughts, and this is one of the reasons why I encourage people to journal, mm. when they have those thoughts, especially after session, when they're sort of going home and they're going over what's happened, yeah. if they have that ability to just write it down, they haven't got to remember it. Yeah. They haven't got to retain that extra piece of information that may in some cases be extremely hurtful. Mm-hmm. You know, so just don't hold on to it. Get it out. Get it on the paper. And then when you keep thinking about it, you can say, I don't need to remember it. It's written down. Yes. It's very true. I mean, um, it takes me back to um, halfway through The Artist's Way. I love that dumping. And then all of a sudden, because you have to write four pages, Mm. got to be minimum four. It's like, what? You know, it's early in the morning. I'm really tired. and, and, And you get all this. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do this. And then all of a sudden there's a turning point mm. halfway through. Yep. It's like, oh, wow, I'm writing about something that's happening to me and it's a creative solution. Yes. Um, some some good ideas have come from when I have done that. Yes. Yeah. Do you journal you, you journal yourself? You, you um, do write things down yourself? Not often. Um, but I'm quite inspired to go back to it. You've inspired me. And I might even steal your idea of giving my clients a journal. Yeah. <laughs> Can I well, do that? Can I ab- that no, <laughs> absolutely. So I, I actually just recently bought a whole new stack. I went to the two dollar shop. Oh, yes. And I just get I just shop. get the eight I just get the A five books. They're usually two fifty each. Yeah. You know, that's the first thing. They're part of their first session. Oh. I give them a notebook. I don't give them a pen as well, but I give them a notebook. Um and quite often about 50% of people will continue with the mm-hmm. with the journaling throughout. Others just leave it. But, you know, that's up to them. That's part of their journey. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's – it's and quite often, with depending on what they've got on the front, I'll give people the choice of which one they want. Oh. Or I will select one for them based on what mm. they've said and they'll just go, oh, my God, that's perfect. Oh, it's perfect. That's so lovely. I, I love that. That's such a – Great idea. Mm. And what a mm. gift that is. And it means they don't have gift. to go and buy one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't have to, if they want to, which mm. some of them do, Yeah, um, you know, but they're not going to find themselves in, you know, Kiki K spending 25 yeah. bucks on a journal that they're never going to use. Yes. Yeah. So let's just start them with a cheapie and see what happens. Yeah. It gets them started. Yeah. I've got some clients that have, you know, have come back to me sort of like three or four years later and gone, I still journal. <gasps> it's all your fault. Oh. <laughs> I go, it's not my fault, it's not my choice. I have no control over that. (laughs) Creating great habits. Yeah, but Mm. it it does, I mean, it makes a huge amount of difference to some people just to sort of know that that they can write it down. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Is is journaling something that gets used in Gestalt at all? Um, No, it doesn't. Yeah, Mm. yeah, it's... um, Is there room for it, do you think, in your practice? Absolutely. I mean, this mm. is about creativity um, and and ties nicely into the experimenting, mm. which is is disrupting what's familiar. Mm. Yeah, something that's fixed. Um, in, in Gestalt, we call it a fixed Gestalt. So there's been a motion and um, there's been a disrupt in that. Yes. Um, so it's like, oh, well, 
journaling could be um, something different to what I normally do is I ruminate. And mm. I actually have a particular client, um, she does experience that. She goes over and over and I thought, this is a fabulous idea, mm. um, journaling. Yeah, write it down, I, get it out of your head. Yeah. And you don't have to keep remembering yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And the body symptoms that follow the rumination, are, are, she's really impacted by that. Mm. Yeah, which is hurtful. It's like a turning inwards and it's hurting herself. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to propose that to her. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe we should also talk about letter writing as well, but we can do that a little bit later on. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. I like that. Yeah. Mm. So just... You've come to you. You know you are you are a therapist. You are a gestalt mm. therapist. You are an art therapist. I'm just wondering have you have you got personal experiences as well? We talked about self disclosure earlier on. What are your personal experiences with mental health? Mm. Um. Yes, I'm. I'm passionate about working with women who've experienced IVF. Mm. And don't have children, right? Because I too went through that journey, and I'm, I'm. It was a hard journey. It was a tough journey. Mm. But I see now, if I hadn't gone through that journey, I wouldn't have experienced what I got from that experience. And I don't have children. Yes. Um, so unless there was a death in my family or someone close. Because oh, I wouldn't have woken up and thought, oh, I'm just going to go to that hard place today. Yeah. Um, so it really took me there. Mm. Um, yeah, in terms of the mental health, so it, it took me to a place of feeling depressed and depression, mm. yeah. And yep. in my family um, there was the swinging between depression and anxiety. Um, there wasn't that in between. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's challenging because I experienced both. I can experience anxiety as well as, you know, the low mood and feeling depressed as well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, that journey of IVF took me to that place and I had to go there. Mm. I had to go through it. You had to go through it. Yeah. And yeah. how did you come out of that on the other side? How did you sort of like get past that, having gone to that really deep, dark yeah. place? And... Boy, you know, I mean, it challenged everything, you know, the structures, the foundations that I have and what I thought of marriage, relationships. Um, I was single at the time. Am I going to be a mother? And then all of a sudden I felt like I have nothing, you know, and mm. I was really stripped bare. And um, I have a lot of therapy and I, I, I have therapy, uh, Francis. I'm a big believer of therapy. So you have your own counsellor? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I have my own gestalt therapist. Okay. Um, and I think that's what got me through is the therapy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I remember one moment there was a somatic therapist. I've had different types of therapy. Yes. But I've always been drawn to body-oriented therapy. Yes, so somatic I, is about what, where you're feeling it and yes. how you're feeling it, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, more so than the CBT and mm. I feel for for me really getting into the body and experiencing feelings. Yes. Um, because, you know, depression is numbness. Mm. You know, my, my good friend was being numb. Mm. Um, um, I remember in a, in a workshop I was attending, 
I was lying on the floor and this process was happening and I said, but I don't feel anything. And she goes, you're numb. And then I immediately started crying. I thought, whoa, that kind of got me back into my body. I went, oh, wow, I didn't even know I was numb. Uh, yeah, wow. Um, in having that reflection. But yeah. I remember just going back to an experience with a mm. somatic therapist. Um, I remember because she did massage. Okay. And um, I remember so she, you know, the 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 pull-down mattress came down and she goes, mm. oh, let's do a bit of work, you know, around the belly. And I remember just she placed her hand on my belly and this was through the process of, of my IVF experience and I just wept. I was almost like in the fetal position of, wow, this is deep, this place. Mm. Um, I couldn't do that on my own. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's like... Um, I have to let this go, mm. yeah. Um, Do you think there was something in the witnessing of somebody else, of you being witnessed in that moment that was so cathartic for you? Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I couldn't push this feeling down anymore, mm. you know, that, that just that hand, that felt sense on my belly, bang, it just opened it up. Mm. Yeah, mm. most definitely. Yeah, the witnessing. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I'm 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 a firstborn, so you know I'm, oh. you know the the hero in in family systems, and you know I'm okay, and I can take this on. And but that comes with societal pressures of being firstborn too. Yes, it does. Comes yeah. with expectations. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. So letting go was not part of the being the hero or the fir the firstborn. Yeah, and going well, this isn't going to happen. So. No. I need being to, taken by surprise. I need to accept that this is not going to happen. I need to live a different life yeah. to what's expected of me. Yeah, absolutely. And, wow. you know, the different life is I am an emotional person and an emotional being and being connected to my sensitivity and emotions is a different life. Mm. Yeah. 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 And I wouldn't have it any other way, yeah? yeah. You know, I'm impacted by beautiful artwork or, you know, a comment that someone says or, you know, a touching movie, you mm. know, and I, I want to be fully expressed. Yeah. yeah. So you're able to be you. Yeah. Yes. A feeling being. So, yeah. you know, when, um, you know, when clients are sharing, I'm impacted too. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a person too and I feel that. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever find yourself um, sharing a tear? With your clients, yeah, I, it's it's not like full on crying. Yeah, no, that um, would no, that's not a <laughs> that might get yeah. a bit messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think any client wants to see their their therapist ugly crying. They with reach them. over and say, "Are you okay?" Yeah, exactly, because it does become about you at that point. Yes, but you know, you have that, you have that, and it's never about us, of course. But yeah. do you ever have that moment where somebody is really, you know, really experiencing? everything that they're experiencing viscerally and you just can't help but be moved and you find yourself kind of going, you know, doing the wipe, you know, the cinema, I call it the cinema wipe, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're in the movies and, you know, Clint Eastwood's just, you know, left Meryl Streep at the, you know, at the bridge and suddenly you, you've got the tears and, you're, you know, you're wiping your cheek. <laughs> the cinema wipe, the, the I cinema love that. Wipe. <laughs> it's very, you know, it's very... It's very <laughs> You know, nobody, nobody can see me crying. 
I'm a big girl. I can't be a big girl's blouse. It's, yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> the cinema wife, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have, uh, Francis. you know, I I work part-time at um, South Pacific Private and it's a rehabilita- rehabilitation hospital for addiction and mm. um, I run the family program as a group therapist. Mm. Along with other therapists. Yeah, along with other therapists that run run that program too. Yeah. So in the four-day program, there's a deep process of um, sharing realities. So this is really intense because, you know, we have a family member and then we have the client that's been through the hospital. And, you know, experiencing addiction in in families is um, family members organise themselves around the addict Mm. And this is a learning process for family members that come in. So, my gosh, the the vulnerability that I see, I cannot but help be impacted by that. Yeah. And I really share that because if I was to hold back, it's it it's not being authentic. And mm. I think people know energetically and intuitively. Um, so I have to be real. So I, I need to sit in my vulnerability. Yeah. So, you know, I will share, um, you know, this is hurtful um, to hear this when you when you, when you spoke about whatever happened to mm. them. And this took me to a place of my own depression when I was in my family. So I really be transparent in that. Yeah. So really yeah. bringing back that self-disclosure. Yes. That, you know, being the authentic, building that relationship with your clients so that it's authentic for everybody. Yeah, because it's yeah. in the room. Mm. Everybody is impacted. Um, mm. I just know from recently when I, two weeks ago when I, because I, I work part-time um, every second weekend. I yeah. do the family program. So in the last family program I ran, it was there were tears. It was just profound. Mm. Yeah. And and in the uh, amendments and the likes, mm. like deep vulnerability. Yeah. You know? And the, the 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 power of that to heal. Yes. It's powerful in that where one person is expressing a vulnerability, it impacts the other person. It's like, yeah, you know, what, what, what I said before, it's like, yeah, this happened to me too and this is how I feel. Mm. You just said or expressed how I feel too. Mm. So it, it just invokes, you know, mm. something, something healing. I, I think group work is deeply healing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I've seen it. Mm. Yeah. It can be. Yes, of it course. It can be yes. healing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it can be challenging too. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a conversation for another day. But it I have is. my, I have my own, I have my own group, I have my gro- own group experience when I was studying. Ah, yeah, um, the cohorts. Oh, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's possibly because the the makeup of the group. So when groups are put together, generally, mm. they are put together quite carefully of who is around and who. Whereas in a in a study cohort. They basically go A through S and everybody else. So ah. A through S goes in one group and the rest oh, go in the other group. So there's no okay. careful makeup of the group. Yeah, okay. And I think that does impact, can impact how how well the group runs. Mm. But also we were doing interpersonal group too, so it wasn't so much. It was a bit different to the addiction groups. Okay. Um, but, yeah, group group has the power to be 
extremely powerful yeah. for some people. Yes. But not everybody. No. And the training in Gestalt, it's very experiential. Mm. So what happens in the group is the Gestalt experience. Mm. And this is why I love process-oriented work because yes. I just I just feel it's rich. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I would like to thank you and thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me today. Um, hopefully everybody else has got something out of this as well. And in closing, just it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. I'd like to thank my guest, Carmel, for sharing secrets with me today. I'd like to thank Nick, my podcast guy, who's going to make this sound okay because I'm pretty sure I probably stuffed it up again. Um, I'd also like to um, say that there will be a bonus feature for Patreon patrons um, with Carmel. She's going to have a bit of a chat with me after this um, as a bit of a bonus feature. But thank you, for you to you for listening the listen and subscribing and rating us on wherever you find your podcasts. If you have a secret to share and you'd like to have a chat with me, please send me an email through my website at secretkeepercounselling.com.au. And until next time, stay well. That was the last episode of Season 1 of Secrets We Share. Thank you for listening, rating and reviewing us. We'll be back for Season 2 on October 28th. If you're interested in sharing some of your secrets, please visit our website at secretkeepercounseling.com.au. Until then, stay well.